Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode nine of the Interviews podcast. This is actually episode nine, as opposed to how I opened um, our post game for the Derby d'Italia. Um, we've got a special and uh, pretty fun episode for you guys. As everyone knows, we are currently on the international break. So, uh, what we decided to do, um, given sort of the conversation around the club with recent results, it seems like there's going to be a, an upheaval in the summer um, and a deserved one. So, what we wanted to do was take some time to talk through uh, what is Inter's sporting project moving forward. Um, who in the current squad is is going to be sticking around next year, as well as who we're looking to bring in. Um, and then we'll finish up with a, uh, a rapid-fire five-pack of questions, because today we have a very, very special guest. As you know, I'm Alessandro Rafa, um, joined here by my co-host, the CEO of Inter Twitter, Johnny Paterno. And we also have everyone's favorite Zio, the man, the myth, the legend, Uncle Sharma is joining us for today's pod. What's going on, man? Oh, thank you. Thank you for that very kind uh, introduction. Way too kind. But yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to be on the most exciting up-and-coming inter-podcast in the world. Wow, in the world. That, that sounds that sounds massive. Now I feel like we're bigger than we actually are. So you know what? I'm going to start engraving maybe some some plates to hang up behind me that you know show that we well, finally you, reached you elite CEO, status. Uh, plaque for sure. That's it. Yeah, that's that's coming. That's going to be for the desk, though, when people come into my office. Johnny, what are you? Uh, how are you feeling now that we don't have to talk about a miserable Inter performance this episode? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, yesterday wasn't great for for any Italians or Italian Americans out there. So no. you know, just nothing more more bad news if you're an Inter fan, uh, especially given the the circumstances surrounding Barella post game <laughs> where he might be injured. We don't know how serious or if it's anything to worry about. Um, this international break hasn't been very kind to to Inter so far, but you know what? At least we don't have to talk about the club that we love that has been struggling so mightily recently, and and finally able to to maybe have you know a little fun, a more lighthearted episode here that can be an easier listen for our for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're gonna have to soften the blow for you guys that are listening um there's gonna be a lot of change at this club over the summer um i think everyone is is hopefully staring down the barrel hopefully hopefully um there there is a couple pieces of inter news that um came to uh to light this week i think first off like you mentioned in terms of like injuries, the international break has not been kind, right? We're sitting with uh, Bastoni and Di Marco already uh, trying to get back for the Fiorentina game. And yesterday we hear of a back injury to Dzeko. We hear of uh, Barella um, not being at, at full fitness. And then of course, in the most jaw-dropping news, is Skriniar seeing PSG doctors? What's, what's going on there? I mean, that's that's what it looks like, yeah. I mean, based on what we saw, I mean, I read it from, from Sempre Inter. That's where I got it from, obviously. And 
hearing that he was traveling to get, I guess, consultation from PSG doctors. I mean, to think that that's that's where we're at in this stage of the relationship, the breakup, whatever you want to call it, with with Milan Skriniar, and and seeing that he's kind of. I guess I mean granted we we don't know the whole story of course everyone's got a side so I don't want to like just point fingers and and play the blame game but mm, it seems like that. yeah but that's because it's me you know I I can get away with that there but mm. uh, but it seems like he's just it doesn't really care what what inter doctors are saying and and kind of going against maybe what they're recommending and seeking a second opinion now I mean I guess normally for like us in everyday life we would want to consider you know seek out second opinions but when you're already going to the team or supposedly the doctors of the team that you're supposedly joining, I feel like, of course, they're going to have some, some biased feedback and kind of want you to like, yeah, take it easy. Don't, don't, don't worry about playing for them, you know? So I don't know. It just feels like there's a conflict of interest there for sure. But hey, it is what it is. And, and we kind of see that this, this, this looks like it's just going to be a very messy breakup. And I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go now. Yeah, I'm I'm more so nervous from uh, the perspective of like, what are we going to get from him for the rest of the year? Because obviously the squad needs him. But at the same time, are you super comfortable with where he is with his state of mind with being on the pitch? I know that from what we've seen, it's always been this warrior that is out there. And, you know, even when they show him on the sidelines, he's cheering the team on and, you know, he seems to, to really still care about the guys. But at the end of the day, you know, he put out a statement today. He said that everything was, you know, above water with uh, the Inter um, medical staff. He hasn't done anything wrong. Um, but I think you guys are right to be a little bit concerned about, you know, what sort of screen yard we're going to see for the rest of the year, because whether we like it or not, um, we're fighting on three fronts and we absolutely are going to need him given some of the performance we've been getting down the the right hand side of this team. So interesting times in, uh, in Interland as they always are. Uh, but today is not a, a not about that. Today we're going to be discussing um, the sporting project moving forward. So why don't we go ahead and dive into it? So first off, before we can touch on, you know, who's going to be staying, who's going to be going and who's going to be coming in, we really need to dis, uh, discuss what the actual sporting project is. And I think that, you know, we see the headlines with Sooning, they're broke. Um, we see these performances uh, from certain players. We see our players link with other clubs and it's easy to to feel like um, the sky is falling, right? So I want to take a step back and actually analyze what's going on here. Sooning is coming up on a very important date uh, in 2024 uh, with the Bond uh, and Oak Tree, right? This this ownership group is at a crossroads where they have an asset that is either going to appreciate in value or depreciate in value. And if they're coming up on a sale, they want to make sure that they're putting a very competitive squad out um, on the field. Not only from the perspective of like the asset being being competitive, but also in order for them to receive prize money from the Champions League, from, you know, uh, the Scudetto, the Campionato, from qualifying in top four, it's not their prerogative to completely dismantle the team and put out a team that can barely compete. They need, in order for money to be coming into the coffers, in order for them to be, you know, keeping this club afloat, they need to be fielding a competitive team. 
what we've been running into is that every single summer we started a deficit summer after summer it's how much do we need to make 50 million 60 million so every summer it's natural for inter interisti to go into a transfer window expecting one or more of their big players to be sold expecting a sporting project that's seems to be built around uh bringing in veterans that are free agents in order to try to stay competitive and not acting like every other top club and i'll you know mention two for example chelsea the way that they're signing younger players Bayern, you know they'll bring in a ryan gravenberg even if he's you know not playing from the beginning but they'll make large outlays and large investments in players that they hope are going to come good in the future that is not really where we're at with this transfer strategy right it's all about market opportunities and every time marotta gets in front of a microphone it feels like he's always talking about we have to see what opportunities are out there on the market so that's really what we're looking at right what what opportunities are out there on the market for this club where can we uh invest and continue to stay competitive and ultimately how are we going to to raise those funds so before we jump into those specific names i want to kick it over to you guys for your assessment of of where the project is today is there anything that i've missed is there something that you know we need to make sure that we're touching on with regards to how we expect marotta to be uh be going uh, about this transfer season uh, to me it's just some clarity on what the exactly the project is because for me it's like um if i compare it to kind of an old really high mileage toyota prius because um, it's a hybrid it's kind of we go we're going for we still want to win and that's clear from like you know what steven zhang says or Marotta says at the beginning of the season that we we need to go for the Scudetto, we need to go for titles. But then we're trying to, at the same time, we're trying to reduce costs, but they're not going for younger players. As you said, they're going for the experienced ones. So, and when they, when they get the younger ones, we have a coach who's who himself is a weird hybrid. He's young and kind of ticks the boxes of what you think a young hipster up and coming coach would be. But actually he's got the mentality of and Marcello Lippi from like 1972. So I think it's, there's just a lot of confusion in this project. And I think the first thing we need in the summer, we, even if it is, if we're going full, full young, full primavera, then we need clarity. If we're going, we're still going to go for experienced guys. Like something needs to be clarified. What is Inter's project or what do they want? Yeah, no, I'd agree with that too. It's you know, being a fan, obviously, you, you tend to get a little frustrated because you don't get the clarity. You don't know what the general direction is. And, you know, you have some good core pieces already in place. So it, it feels like you have good building blocks to, like, drive sustained success. But it just feels like, you know, we take one step forward and we decide to take four steps back, like not even two. We just want to go, you know, strip it down back to the studs and, and kind of rebuild that way with which I'm okay with, but if you, if as long as it's voiced and you actually know that that's what's going to be the project and and they want to do a full rebuild, and I know I called for it on the last episode, and you know there are obviously some players that I do want to keep and 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 have at that core, but there are also some that I feel you know maybe although I think they're still fantastic players, 
it, it might be time for a fresh you know change in, in that aspect so it'll be interesting to see if anything at all gets said i mean we you know we know what we get from Auxilio, which is kind of just a lot of smoke and mirrors and then marotta kind of plays you know the peacemaker and, and kind of says everything you want to hear at times um although sometimes it, it, you don't he says things you don't want to hear but you know like what where are we going and I don't want to hear from Steven Zhang just because I, I don't trust anything he says. So even if he is honest and has a has a you know a, a clear plan, I, I still wouldn't believe it or trust it because of of what I've seen from him and and kind of what we're seeing now from Sooning. So yeah, it's it's definitely going to make for an interesting summer for sure for us. Yeah, and in order for today's conversation to make any sense, we do need to make some assumptions about what we're going into next season with, right? So. While the possibility that a sale does occur before the transfer window, at the early stages of the transfer window, while that possibility exists, in order for the purpose of this conversation, let's just operate under the assumption uh, under the assumption that Suning will be the ownership group for Inter in the upcoming season. The other assumption that we have to make, at this point in time in Steven Zhang's tenure, very unlikely that he's getting rid of Marotta Auxilio. Marotta may, you know, may leave on his own accord, but at this point in time, it's very unlikely that anything is going to change from the director's perspective. So we know who the owners are going to be. We know who the directors are going to be, again, for the purposes of this conversation. What we don't know is who's going to be managing the club next year. Report after report is coming out. Uh, the way that Interisti feel about Inzaghi, it seems that there's been a very, very clear shift that he's not the guy to lead us into next year. I think it's been, you know, fairly obvious from my part, from Johnny's part. Um, Sharma, I don't know how much you've you've really dove into this, but it seems obvious that we're going to be operating under a new system next year and that's going to affect the type of players that we're, we're bringing in so before we discuss those players before we discuss who's who's going to be leaving let's talk a little bit about where are we going next in terms of manager from my uh from my hopes i am a fan of conceição um but really the profile of the manager that i'm looking for is a younger manager that uh, has experience on the European stage um, and is willing to play youth, number number one and two. And number three, a coach that has some tactical flexibility so that we don't have to sit here for, what is it, the fourth year in a row of seeing 3-5-2 three, three, trotted out there every single game. So that's what I'm looking for. I would like for that manager to be Conceição, but... Uh, I'll kick it over to you, Johnny. What is the profile of manager you're looking for, unless you have a specific name that you are operating under the assumption that we'll be able to, to bring in? So, yeah, with this, uh, I guess, assignment that we were given, I kind of went with a specific manager and and kind of built the team around this, what I would expect this person to want. Now, while I agree with you that I would love someone who is younger and it like has more tactical um, abilities in, in the sense that he has you know, the ability to try different formations out, whether it be in-game, throughout the season, whatever it may be. Um, but for this one, I decided, same thing, you know, Sergio Concesao is, is a guy I love. You know, he played for Inter and he didn't have the career he wanted at the club. And I feel like he would kind of have a, more of a chip on his shoulder if he came in to manage it. Um, and I think he would want to, to, to bring him back and, and win a title. He, we, we know he's won titles with Porto. Um, he's won three, if I'm not mistaken there. And... and 
and he's just I think that he has the type of personality that would be very well received by the fans in the Kurva and, and you know he's not as I mean listen I don't like to pick on Inzaghi but you know he is a little bit of a boring manager he doesn't really offer much in, in terms of <laughs> of conversation he doesn't really have you know quotes he doesn't really call out players and he, and he kind of is like very player friendly which I guess you know is good for, to an extent for the players but at sometimes you know I feel like you do need to, to kind of have a little bit of a, of a mean streak in you to kind of call them out, motivate them, make them want to, you know, not only earn their spot, but also earn your trust and, and feel like they have something to play for a little more. Um, so, yeah, that was the guy I, I personally went with. Oh, you're on mute, Sharma. In the meantime, he, we can He already all... doesn't want to talk to us. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, it froze. It froze. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's a trio of Conceição uh, fanboys today. But actually, my the project I made though is for Thiago Motta because that's who I think will, will end up at Inter. So I went for the guy that I think is going to end up in the hot seat. But who I want okay. is Conceição. Fair. I, about yeah, I respect it. Yeah. But even so. Even so, it would require a change of formation at this point, right? So I believe he's more 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3. So, you know, even so, it is a change of formation. Um, and I have concerns about Thiago Mota only because I feel like we're sort of repeating the same thing we did. with Not necessarily repeating the same thing we did because Inzaghi did have some cup success. But, um, you know, trying to bring in a younger manager that's that's really trying to establish itself while, like Johnny mentioned, Conceição has titles under his belt. But exactly. it sounds like you're going the, the Mota route. And Johnny, to what you said, it's just like, you know, in a Bronx tale, the, the question, is it better to be loved or feared? And <laughs> as we all know, <laughs> fear, fear wins out, right? We so, out. yeah. I think Thiago Mota is that kind of coach as well, though. He does seem to have a bit of a fiery personality. And mm. obviously, as Interisti can remember from his forays on the pitch, um, he's not one to be to be trifled with. Um, but the similarities in, in both of those managerial selections are that we are looking at a new formation, number one. And number two, um, you know, we're looking in, uh, in a different direction, taking the club in a different direction. And that's really where we head into next in terms of the makeup of the current squad is going to look very very different next year so why don't we go ahead and start with the players who we know for sure are leaving right these are players whose contracts are expiring you know we can talk about some of those players whose contracts are expiring but are expected to receive you know extensions but why don't we get into it you know first starting with the guys that we know are going to be on their way out um and obviously, from there, we can see what holes we're going to have to fill. So the first, why don't we start with our boy, uh, Romelu Lukaku. Not expected to be redeemed uh, in hope. the upcoming. <laughs> we he just hope. scored a hat trick today. Did he get three? Yeah. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, that's no. even more infuriating. All right. Okay regardless of the three goals there's a big reason why um we still made to may need to move on is because one it's going to require a level of investment with chelsea that i don't think we're prepared to play and two in terms of you know his wages he does he does take up 
um, a significant portion of our you know current wage percentage, I guess, if you were to look at the entirety of the squad. Um, I think everyone on this panel, I'll call it, can agree that if we do redeem him, um, we're looking at a diminished version of the player that we initially fell in love with. So for my money, um, there are ways to replace him. Number one, whether it be a free transfer, there's one you know particularly big name that I think can offer um, better results than what we've seen from Lukaku uh, on lower wages that won't cost us anything to bring him in. Um, that's Marcus Turam for those who couldn't pick up on that. Um, but for me, he's, uh, I think we're ready to move on from the Lukaku experiment. Let, uh, you know, I've seen rumors that he's been linked to Real Madrid. Let, let him be somebody else's redemption project. I don't think that this is the club, uh, did you see the Roma rumors? On. I didn't see Roma, but wow. I mean, I would feel bad for Roma if that's who this, they ended up replacing Tammy Abraham with, but yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Tommy. Let's try to finagle Dybala out of them. We'll take Lukaku. We'll take Paolo. We'll take. For you guys, is he going to be part of our team next year? No, I, I, no, I don't think so. I think they've kind of seen that this is what they're going to get from him, and I, I think I really shouldn't speak for them, but I, I hope they recognize that they're not going to get the same player that they had unless Conte is coming with him. So there's no reason to redeem a player like this if you're not going to get the same type of efficiency and same type of monster in front of goal or, or even the one who was able to to speed past his man and, and, and be able to drive on goal, whether, and whether it's assist Lautaro or, or take the shot himself. You know, it's, he's just not the same player. And, and although we st- I still want him to, to get there or be able to be – he is going to be important for us for the rest of this season at the very least – I think that he, you know, he could still play a big role uh, for this team, but it's just, it doesn't seem like that he really can do the same things that we we expected to from him, and and that's unfortunate. But you know what? I mean, it is what it is. I'm I'm glad we got the the money that we did get out of him and and stuff, especially given our circumstances. But yeah, I don't see him sticking around next year, or coming back, I should say, next year, unless something drastically changes wages wise. But I don't think that's happening either. So. Yeah, I think they're going to explore it for sure. I think they're going to try to see what they can work with with Chelsea. But in my personal opinion, 8.5 million net is his cost to, or gross is the cost um, to, uh, sorry, 11 million net costs gross to Inter plus the loan fee. That's just way, way too much. Um, even half of that, I would say, even then I would still be not not certain i would uh, i would take him back so as johnny said yeah even like even if he takes a big wage cut even if chelsea want to give him for free to us like on a free loan it's still yeah i think we have to we have to move on we have to move on from uh, from big rom unfortunately i think his body is just um i think it's done i think he's dusted at the top top level yeah, and um, I would it would be hard-pressed to find a manager come in that wants to take on that kind of redemption project. And also from the tactical <laughs> flexibility perspective, he, isn't, uh, he seems to need to have a strike partner, right? Where there might be instances where a single striker is going to be the way that we go forward. And 
Um, he seems to need to be playing off of a, another striker. So in our estimation, we are not going to count on Lukaku's services next year. But one striker that it does look like we are going to count on, absolutely, looks to be like a renewal for Dzeko is on the way. Expiring contract for the thirty now 37-year-old, I believe. Um, so, you know, at the start of the show when we're talking about what is the sporting project, I don't think a renewal i don't think there's another contract extension that makes you ask that question more than the edin jeko one um he he's a, a a good serviceable uh veteran player that i think has a very good effect on on the locker room um i don't know how much you can expect from a 37 year old um at this point in his career you know, even on slightly lower wages, um, he would be rumored to be making the exact same amount as Turam, which, you know, that's tough for a player that you're primarily counting on as your your backup striker. Um, and for me, there there are better options. It does look like he'll be a part of the team next year. But for you guys, was that was that the right move to extend Eden? Oh, it's not. Go, to me, to me, it's not. Yeah, I'm not too bothered with Jekyll as long as he knows, or hopefully, the moves that we make in this summer window is the, that he's not like the starting striker for Inter next year. Like that's the prerogative. That's the that has to be the priority. It can't be a guy. He can't be the guy again. Like he was. I mean, he wasn't supposed to be this year either. And then Lukaku got <laughs> injured for four months. So. Um, but his salary as well. I mean, five million. I, I don't want to be pocket watching another man. You know, he earn your money. But Giroud, on the other side, he earns three point five million, and I think I would be willing to accept a thirty-seven-year-old Jekyll to be earning that thirty-three point five. Seems a lot more correct to me and reasonable. And he doesn't get any growth decree benefits. Um, so I think five million seems, yeah, as you said, that's the same that we've offered to Marcus Turam. Seems a bit of a stretch. Agreed. Like it's, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. But yeah, like in in my perfect world, which, you know, I think we'll we'll get to, is you know he's not a, a second option either. He he, you know, if he's able to be okay with a third choice or whatever, um, that would be where I would ideally want him. Um, you know, if if we were playing two up front, then yes, I guess he would be the first one off off the bench or whatever. But yeah, it is. It is what it is. I mean, uh, and he and he's done. He's done well for us. I'm not. I'm not upset with that. We just we see now as he continues to age that it's just we can't use him the way that if we had him ten years ago, you know. Like so, it's just. Yeah, I hope he he is understanding and I'm, and you know he seems like a professional, so I think he does you know kind of know what 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 his limits are. So. The next, um, the next four names that we have, I think we can very quickly go through. Samir Hadnanovic's contract is expiring. We will not be moving Sayonara. forward. Yeah, we yep. will not be moving forward with Good luck him. at Regina next year. <laughs> Thank you for your service, Anda. There were many years where you were one of, one of if not the best keeper in, uh, in Serie A, but you are not that any longer... Um, we need a new captain regardless, uh, even if you were to sign him that, you know, to be the backup, which would be a disaster in and of itself. But even if you were, you can't you can't trot him out there with the captain's armband. So I think it's it's pretty obvious that we are going to move on from Samir. Now we're looking at four names 
in the defense that are all up for grabs at this point in time. And I'm really curious who you think is going to be sticking around on the team. Devray, D'Ambrosio, Bellanova, and Acerbi. All potentially could be on the team next year. All have a path to be on the team next year. All of them could be out as well. For my money, D'Ambrosio is getting extended. There were already contract talks that that was in the works. And I have... I'm actually I'm happy with that. I think he's the kind of player that a he's mostly there um, to be a break breaking break glass in case of emergency kind of player. But also it seems like he has a really good effect on the youngsters um, and just a great great locker room guy, Swiss Army knife type of situation. And I do think that he's going to be part of the team next year. As far as Devray and Acerbi for the center of the defense. Um, whether we play in a three or whether we play in a two, both of those um, guys can play both of those formations. But ultimately, the reason why I do think they are going to both be on the team next year is because of the lack of options out there in terms of market opportunities for us. Any, you know, there are a couple free agent um, defenders that are going to be out there on our radar. But I do think that it's safe to say it looks like Devry is going to get offered something. Whether or not he finds another opportunity remains to be seen, given how much he's sort of depleted his uh, his stature in world football with his performances this season. Um, and Acerbi, I think, Acerbi, I think, ultimately hangs on whether Inzaghi is still the manager or not. Um, I think if he is the manager, he's absolutely going to be a part of this team next year. I think if he's not the manager... Um, they move on and, and try to find someone else. But there is a path to both of those players being on the team. What do you guys think for our center defenders, uh, Devray and Acerbi, both getting up there in age two? I'm just glad that we're not we're not videotaping this because my face when you said Acerbi might be back was just... Yeah, he's not someone that I would want to see back. Whether Inzaghi's here or not here, I just... You know, the last few weeks, even yesterday, watching him for the national team, you know, to see him marauding forward and thinking that he is Alessandro Bastoni at times, I don't know, it, 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 it was kind of infuriating and I feel like he gets dragged out of position too often and that's not something I want from a center back, especially a slow-footed one. Uh, listen, if it's up to me, none of those guys are back. I understand that, yeah, I mean, if, if, <laughs> if we're going to be relying on just the, the free transfer mo- uh, move, then yeah, I mean... I guess DeVry can come back on, on a, a much cheaper wages option, but I, 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 want, I, I want fresh blood in the back, personally. I think it's time to, to try to find other guys and, and even guys who can, who can play a backup role, but also have the potential to really be a starter if called upon. You know, like you, we look at Milan, and they had good defenders. They had Romagnoli and, and Kier in, in place. And, and Tamori, no one really thought of him as a guy that would step in and start. Same thing with Kalulu. And then injuries and, and stuff kind of allowed them and, and form for Romagnoli, you know, allowed those two to step up and, and be able to take over. That's what I would much rather have. Not guys like Acerbi and, and DeVry who are, it's like, oh, gosh, are, they're starting today because so-and-so has a red or so-and-so is injured. Um, you know, I, I kind of cringe when I see those guys starting. So it's I would like to, to kind of move away from them if, if at all possible. Yeah, same keeping the brief like the right four million for a backup defender like i don't get it like, you could, surely you can find any like center back out there that costs you 
Like, if you buy someone for like 20 million and give him 2 million wage, a younger centre back, that's the same annual cost as it would cost you to keep the Vrij. Like, I don't, I don't get some of these decisions. Um, the D'Ambrosio would keep, just as in as uh, Alex uh, said, he's just that guy, the reliable guy that you can chuck anywhere. And then, uh, yeah, everyone else can can go. Yeah, I also, there's reports out there that we're not redeeming Bellanova. Um, I do think that ultimately he is going to be leaving the team as well. Um, we've done nothing to, you know, help Cagliari's case in terms of asking for the $7 million, but um, he that just... that deal uh, as well, sorry, that deal is like, it annoys me so much. It's like you pay, like we pay, I think, three or four million just for the loan for that guy. And that was yep. clearly like just a favor to... Uh, Bremer's agent. Um, I forgot what his name is now, but that that's clear. That was clearly something. Buzardo. That was clearly all part of this Bremer deal that we were trying to make, and Belanova was just kind of this sweetener, which obviously ended up backfiring on us. Uh, so you paid four million for a loan on a guy that you've given what like two hundred minutes to. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, uh, very tough to see him back here next year, but also you know just in keep. Just in terms of like where we're going to go with our squad selections, I do think that a real <clears throat> challenger to uh, Darmian on the right-hand side is going to be brought in, and we could talk about what those names look like. So we're saying goodbye to uh, a lot of players here. Um, one that we just have to make sure we give our flowers before he leaves our club is the wonderful Italian midfielder, the future of Italy's midfield, Roberto Gagliardini. The white Another partner. one who, yeah, uh, came in with extremely high expectations, performed for about a minute, and now he's going to be uh, possibly joining up with uh, Vecino in Lazio, who knows, but highly doubt uh, he's going to be an option for our next manager in midfield. So, ciao Roberto, thank you for um, all of your service. I'm going to send him a Venmo request for uh, the, the amount of money I spent on his kit in 2017. So hopefully yeah, he yeah. Uh, answers that one. So we've taken a look at some of the guys whose contracts are expiring. And the reason we did it in this manner was these are guys that are strictly, we're not going to be able to recoup any value from, right? Next uh, you know, way that we're sort of looking at the squad revamp of who's leaving and who's staying We'll look at it by positional group. So let's start with our keepers. And this has been a hot topic of conversation. One of the players that has been able to maintain his value, if not increase it exponentially, is Onana, who came in on a free transfer this year, sat on the bench for a few games because Inzaghi was having a stroke or something, whatever it might have been that he wasn't seeing in training. Um, but Onana is one of the one of, if not the most valuable um, player in the team at this point from a sell on a sell on um, you know perspective. There's rumors that Chelsea are interested. There are Premier League teams that need to make a change at goalkeeper, and I do think that this is going to be a story this summer. Um, I do think Onana is going to have a lot of suitors, and he is going to be subject of you know plenty of bids. The discussion really becomes, are you able to find a suitable replacement for him, number one? Number two, if you do 
hurt yourself at the goalkeeper position? Does it allow you to invest in other places on the team? Which I think, Interista, you're going to see from this conversation. We have a lot of holes. There's a lot of stuff for us to do this summer. Uh, starting, you know, later after this summer, is Onana going to be Inter's number one coming up next season? You go, Johnny. He better be. <laughs> like, if, he's, if, if, if they sell him, I mean... Just, just, just tell me you're giving up on the project altogether. Like, just, just come out and say it. Like, hey, we really don't care who's in net. We'll throw anybody. Any fan want to come down from the stands and throw gloves on? You could be our keeper for for the upcoming season. Like, I, I understand that you know the the capital gains. If you do sell someone like him, really, no matter what you get, it's 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 purely profit. And I I understand that 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 that's not lost on me. But regardless of what we get, I don't feel that we would reinvest in to the goalkeeping position the way I mean we should we we've seen the importance of, of goalies for this the history of this club the Zengas the Paliuka Toldo Julio Cesar even Handanovic you know I mean we've always had a sure-handed keeper in 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 net and it's just like wow how can you go backwards again you know I've seen some people bring up Marco Silvestri are you kidding me like that to me that's a massive downgrade if you if no matter what you can get for him you know I mean some people want to talk about Vicario which you know what I do like him I think he is a good goalkeeper but you know I mean and Tony Tony says this on spaces all the time and, and I agree with him you know there's a reason he's 26 still at Empoli he's never had you know any big game experiences really you know he was playing in Serie Chi three years ago is he really ready to take over a club uh, like Inter to, to handle that type of pressure? You know, it's easy to make saves, you know, when you know you're going to give up two goals a game at Empoli pretty much, it's easy to make world-class saves because you really have no pressure to play with. You don't have, you know, you don't really have good players in front of you. You don't have to worry about, about anything. So while he was at Serie Chi, Onana was playing Champions League semifinals. You know, it's like, to me, it's, it's just a massive downgrade. I, I don't understand... I don't understand it, and I, unless we, you know, get something that you really can't turn down, and I'm talking like crazy numbers, like what Chelsea paid for Kepa type numbers, like I don't know if it's really worth it to to sell Onana. Like, I mean, yeah, if somebody wants to come in and pay 70, 80 million, okay, yes, that's that's stupid to turn down. But it, you know, if there, you know, some people are talking about 30, 35 million. Well, no, because you're not gonna. We're, I know we're not gonna invest 20 to 25 million in a, in a replacement. So I mean, it's just foolish in my opinion. But yeah, no, I think um, the the goalkeeper market in general is so down bad at the moment, and Chelsea definitely need a keeper. Um, Spurs definitely need a keeper. So I do see Manchester those, United. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, what happens with the hair? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely can see the teams coming for him unless they go for Diogo Costa the Porto guy because I know he's got his release clause so but yeah I can see that isn't, isn't, isn't his I mean I'll have to double check but I'm pretty sure his is like something like 55 to 65 million nothing like I mean yeah to me it's crazy but like you know to <laughs> those EPL teams it's nothing so yeah exactly so I can see I can see it happening and I can see the replacement being Vicario to be honest um, by the way do you guys know who Vicario's uh, idol is Julio Cesar? Handanovic. Oh, no. <laughs> Prime Honda, though. Prime Summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, come on, we gotta put some respect on Prime. No, listen, he was fantastic. Just... I mean, he really when, when, during the banter, he was, in my opinion, if not our best player, one of our best players. Yeah. Um, Even though Buffon he, I mean, the other day was on Bobo TV and he was talking about how like some keepers would never get the respect they deserve just because of the countries they play for. These he mentioned Czech, because obviously playing for Czech Republic, he mm-hmm. you know he actually more than then he said you know Oblak playing for Slovenia and then he said Andanovic as well. Like you know these guys will never get to play later stages of a World Cup or Euro, so you never get the the credit you deserve. Yeah, I think uh, I think Czech the closest he got was in. 06 when Italy beat them so yeah I don't think he ever really got much further than that what was that was that the quarterfinals yeah that was the quarterfinals for us so I would not sell Onana I would put the percentages of him leaving over like 70% at this point for a few different reasons one there are other ways to get to that 60 million dollars if it is 60 million dollars still um you know, transfer kitty that we we need to get to. There are other ways to do it, but if you are bringing in a new manager, they're going to expect some investment for players that they request. You know, if there is a change of formation, they're going to have to rejigger the squad a little bit. And I think based off of what's happened to the Inter directors in the last season, why I think Onana is one of the strongest candidates to leave is that we... Are we've missed a number of opportunities recently to sell players at the height of their value. We're now dealing with a number of players in the squad whose value has has dropped extremely far from what was originally reported. We got nothing because we were holding out too much for Skriniar. Dumfries's value is just completely, completely cratered. Um, you know, Brozovic's value is not what it once was. You can name a number of different players in the squad, but I think that they are going to be hyper aware of this situation. And if they, Johnny, like you said, if they do receive an offer that's 60 million, 70 million plus, given what these directors have been through, um, I do think that they'll say, you know, screw it, take it, we'll figure out what to do at this one position moving forward right so ultimately i do think interisti need to need to get um themselves prepared to potentially lose out on onana as spectacular as he's been and as much as i want to see him in the shirt next year um there's a very real real chance that he's he's on his way out all right but whether he's on his way out or um you know we still need to bring in a goalkeeper to back him up um if he is still here have you guys do you guys have any names in mind for the goalkeeping position that could be brought in? We've been rumored um, with a number of different, not the most exciting names. Uh, Cranio, Neto have all been thrown out there. Do you guys have some names for the goalkeeping position that you can see Inter uh, bringing in or that you want Inter to bring in this year? When I look at it just from like a cost-effective standpoint, I would be more than okay with Filip Stankovic taking over as the backup goalkeeper. Um, he's a little young, I mean, I know, but he's been playing, you know, at Volendam in, in the Dutch league, and, and he's been playing very well there. Um, obviously, with him being the son of a legend, I, I would, you know, maybe I'm a little kind of tugging on my heartstrings with wanting him to be a part of the team, but it's just, I'm just thinking of it, too, that we don't have to spend money on a backup or sign, you know, he's already a player we own. 
Now, if somebody wants to come and buy him, whether it is a Volendam or something, that's another thing too. But, you know, if, yeah, if I'm okay with Cranio if that becomes the player that, you know, if you get him on a free or a player like, like Neto on a free, I think Neto's still been uh, serviceable. I mean, I, I liked him a lot when he was at Fiorentina too. So, you know, there's um, there's there's options out there. But, yeah, like if, if we could save some money, yeah, that's probably the route I would want to go. Yeah, if I was feeling extra spicy and horny, I would probably say Karniseki, but then... Uh, Ooh, okay, well, that's a, yeah. That's, that's an expiring contract, right? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I don't think so. I don't think Karniseki... Oh, no, no, because no. he's on loan, so yeah, oh, Atalanta yeah. still have, have time yeah. you know, on his contract. So. But Atalanta rejected like 18 million from Lazio in the summer, so I'm guessing that's too expensive. So actually, I would, yeah, I would stick with Vicario. I do... I do think he can make the step up. I know we've talked about the doubts with him. To be the backup? Oh, sorry, the backup. Oh, yeah, backup. Yeah, get these, get the Neto, get like whoever, just these guys for free. Ukrainio as well. Ukrainio would be happy with the, as a backup. Yeah, I'd be happy. Yeah, if you're going to go with free, I'm okay with either one of those two. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the center of defense. So <clears throat> we'll look at it from uh, inwards on our way outwards. So we'll start with the center backs. Devrai likely to be moved on from. Acerbi likely to be moved on from. Skriniar we know is gone. Dima- um, D'Ambrosio going to uh, resign uh, with Inter. Alessandro Bastoni, another player whose value has has absolutely dropped this season based on uh, some performances and this should be you know interesting conversation here um he's another player that johnny i know you've called replaceable i think from uh an offensive perspective he's uh he's been diminished this year and from a defensive perspective there've, there's always been questions about bastoni um if we're getting an offer at let's call it 50 million euros from a Premier League club, take it or leave it. No, Shami, you take this one. No, he's no. too. You, I know he, he's as a defender, he's not great, but as a profile, he's so unique. Like you, ju- you just can't find that many left-footed, progressive centre backs. It's such a unique profile, and Italian, obviously, so extra bonus and Interista. He's replaceable in terms of if you just get someone in there um, defensively, probably find someone more solid. But I think he's too unique of a profile to me. Like he's a bit of a unicorn, so you can get you need to get top top money for him, like Lissandro Martinez type money. He's another one that it also has to be said is uh, coming up on his contract expiring the following year, right? So we're in uh, discussions with him for a contract extension. It's been rumored that he's asking for six and we're offering, what, four? Um, I forget exactly I what the number is. four and a half is what I saw, four and a half. Four and a half. So that's another, you know, we're looking at a potential screen your situation. Are you going to take advantage? Are you confident that you'll be able to sign him or um are you going to have to have to move on there's also you know can he play in the two um as opposed to at the the left center back right yeah so that's another that's another reason why i do think uh bastoni's name we're going to hear a lot of this summer um given the contract and uh if a new manager comes in and wants to play with the back four he's in uh he's in rough shape right so alessandro bastoni another one we might be be moving on from um 
as far as the center backs go, who would you like to see come in? We've been linked with every name under the sun. Um, a lot of really interesting players. I think the most recent one that's come out has been Omar Solet, um, French defender, really physically uh, very, very impressive, but obviously another one that's that's going to be a project. Um, who do you guys have your eyes on in terms of uh, some center back depth? Because this is absolutely an area of concern for the this summer. Oh, it's such a difficult market. I, uh, before we came on, I've been racking my brain and looking to decide. But yeah, in just modern defenders now, I don't, I don't actually like anyone as a defender. <laughs> just everyone's really good on the ball, but no one convinces me as, as a defender these days. Um, so if if we if we're talking about the right centre back position, whether it's three or four, a right footed centre back, I've gone. For three names that I would like, so it was more about the profile for me. The name can be anyone, but the profile has to be someone that has to have some athleticism. Like we need someone that can cover spaces. We can't have any more. You know, Inzaghi's tried to play high line. Whoever's coming next probably will try to play a high line. We need players that can play the high line. So someone that can cover big spaces and be athletic. Um, so the three names I've gone for are. Uh, Maxence Lacroix from Wolfsburg, uh, Todibo from Nice, and the third one is uh, the one we've been linked with is Scalvini, even though he plays left of a three for Atalanta for some reason, even though he's right-footed. Um, so all of those, I would say, are 20 million minimum, all of them. Scalvini reportedly 40. So, But I feel like uh, if you're replacing Skriniar, you have to make a substantial, some form of investment in that position. You can't get by with a freebie in that position. And you have to invest in the future as well, which all three of those names would be doing. Um, and all three of them really good on the ball as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's And all three are players with resale value, right? It's yeah. not, it's an investment that can event, you can still eventually make your money back on, um, which I think has been a huge, something that we've been lacking when your primary strategy is to not invest and it's to go for more players on free transfers, you're, you're never gonna make that money back again. So I, I like those options. Um, Sharma, I'll say, Scalvini would be my number one. I know Atalanta's, that's a tough cookie uh, to negotiate with, but um, he does have versatility in, in being able to play both left center back and right center back. Um, so I think that's a, a really gr- great pick. Johnny, yeah. who's up up for you? Yeah, I mean, I love the picks that, that Sharma shared there. Uh, I had two of them on my list as well. Uh, Todibo's a good shout. I didn't, I didn't really even think about him, honestly, when I was doing my research. Uh, you know, I kind of went... The third guy that I had for the right side was also a younger profile player, someone that we've also been rumored to be interested in, and it's uh, Zeno de Bast, who plays for Anderlecht. Um, that's more of a project, though. Lacroix is, is I think, a more closer to being ready, and, and I feel like with the, the situation that he's had at Wolfsburg, I think that that could be an easier get. You know, he's had difficulties with the manager. He's been substituted off, like, stupid early for reasons unknown. It's not like he was making mistakes or having a bad game, but... I think that that could be that could be a player that could be had, and I love his pace. Um, actually, I have him and uh, 
you know, I wrote down for the left-footed side, if we decided to sell Bastoni, I wrote down Mickey Vandeven, who is a, a, a partner of his at Wolfsburg. And they were actually clocked as the two fastest center backs in the Bundesliga. Um, and I feel like that would be massive, especially for a club like ours who doesn't have pace really anywhere. And if you could have two center backs who, who can run down guys like Osimhen, guys like Vlaovic and, and, and whoever else, I mean, I feel like that would be a huge upgrade. And yeah. That's the Mbala and Zolas, those are the ones we struggle with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Aussie men's we're fine with. <laughs> Guys who go who can muscle uh, our center backs off, true, true. Um and then yeah, bro, I mean I don't know if are we gonna go to the left center back too or Yeah, let's do the whole let's do all the center backs right now. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote down, yeah, Mickey Van de Ven, who's another guy I like. Uh he kinda reminds me defensively a little bit of basically if you to me, if you took screen yard and you gave him pace um, that's kind of what I see when I watch him play. Not as good on the ball, not as good of a passer, but he does have a long ball in his game. He can, you know, play that long diagonal ball. Um, I'm not saying it's as often as you would see with Bastoni, but he has that sometimes in his arsenal with, you know, little moments of brilliance. Um, and then I also, I mean, he was a guy I wanted when he was at Bologna. I don't know if he's ready to make a leap to Inter, but I did like Arthur Teate a lot as a left-footed center back. Um, he was someone that... I didn't watch a whole lot of him, I'll be honest, but whenever he did play against Inter, he was very strong. I feel like he did really bully our forwards and, and kind of was very sound defensively, which is something I just, again, seeing the, the deficiencies in our defense and how we're able to leak goals, I care more about are you able to to man mark? Are you able to, to make a clean tackle and, and kind of keep the ball out of the net i mean i feel like i could you could work on the passing and the rest of the stuff but if you're able to defend responsibly that's massive like the name of it we want to not leak goals so i could work on the rest of the stuff or deal with whoever has to work you know on the rest of the stuff yeah yeah one of the um really interesting names that has you know i guess been taken out of of uh, the market was tiago giallo suffered a, a major injury that's that's gonna um, put him out of the running so should not expect any moves there despite the fact that we were it seemed as if we were very very hot on him as a another option one guy that I think has been um, you know under the radar but his development this year at PSV has been pretty awesome to see Jared Branthwaite um, as a uh, defender but also with the ball at his feet uh, he's an English player, I believe. Started his his career at uh, Everton, but made the move over to PSV. He's been um, playing some lights out football. So uh, we have not been linked to him. There's a couple names that you know were said today that we have not been linked with. But um, again, just some names to to keep an eye on. Uh, I also really like the the Todibo option because we remember that he did have a spell at Barcelona. Um, before having to sort of redeem himself at Nice. And this could be a really good option for him to get back into um, the upper echelon of, of European football with a move to Inter. So I really like those names um, for the center and also a lot of versatility across them in terms of being able to play back three or back two. Uh, as far as our wing backs go, on the left side, um, a, a, something that everyone was talking about everybody saw coming di marco winning a job over the consensus best wing back in european football <laughs> robin gosens somehow he was able to to find his way to do that um interestingly enough gosens um was on the market um 
very recently, uh, you know, didn't seem to be preferred by Inzaghi. We all saw the dip in form as well as the injuries. But interestingly enough, both DiMarco and Gosens are under contract till 2026. Uh, DiMarco, I do think, is going to be a part of this team. He is an Interista at heart, and also I don't, I have not seen his name linked anywhere in terms of uh, any interest, and he's under contract for several years. So I think DiMarco is going to be part of this, um, part of this squad next year. Gosens is a is a question, um, but like I said earlier, if you're the Inter directors, uh, there are going to be some players that you're going to have to part with uh, at the the base of their value as opposed to the height of their value. I do think Gosens, under the right manager, can really. Um, you know, put his value back where it initially was. So I don't think he'll be leaving the team. I do think he's going to be a part of the squad next year. Uh, for our left wing back or left full back positions, how do you guys see it going into next year, knowing that those two guys are, are locked up for quite a while? Yeah, I think in the summer we're going to look to uh, replacing Robin Gosens. I think that he's going to be sold. Um, I feel for the guy. I, you know, I love what he did come out and say that, you know, interspent. 20 million on a player and they're not even getting that type of player in return so far and I feel like that is a, t- a difficult situation because you do feel pressure coming into a bigger club you know you wanted to make a move from Atalanta and you know you were playing at, at such a exceptional level to have that injury and to kind of be stuck behind Perisic and, and I'm sure he was eager to prove his worth and, and just not being I mean last season you couldn't dethrone Perisic you really couldn't so I mean that was tough and then Injuries again and, and losing a spot to, to Di Marco, who, who came out playing very well, and he deserved to continue to be the starter. And then injuries again for goal. Like, it just seems like it's a never-ending cycle for the poor guy, and, and I think it would be best for both parties to, to break up. And if that were the case, uh, the, the name that I, you know, the only name that I have written down, I mean, I, actually, I do have a couple names, but the only one that I see being truly realistic is uh is fabio parisi i just feel like he would be the type of guy that would be able to come in and play as a left back or or a left wing back i mean for me the the new formation would be a back four so i think that he would be very well there and and kind of would be a perfect guy to not only challenge the marco but i also think that he would be i i i think he offers a little bit more uh, defensively than than DiMarco does, and, uh, and that would be a good player to have there. And then DiMarco being the backup, you know, I mean, listen, we all thought that he was going to be the guy, and we see that he can't really go 90 minutes. He t- Typically around the 60, 65-minute mark, he, he starts to fatigue, and, and his runs are, are less, and his crossing is off. So it's like you're just you're, – you're good as a super sub pop probably, buddy. So, um, yeah, I went ahead and, and put Parisi as the, as the left back that I would want to go, and, and that's uh, – yeah. That's where I'm at with that position. Yeah, I think in the lineup that I created, so I've gone, if we go to back four, I would opt for Bastoni as the left back, but as him having like as an inverted left back. So kind of playing. Hot take, look at this guy. So kind of playing like a, so kind of mimicking, um, I wish I could send you guys a screenshot because that's why I wanted to send it to you because you can see the movement of the guys in there. So kind of like Arsenal play Zinchenko as the inverted left back. Um, so he comes into midfield. Um, actually, both Di Marco and Bastoni could do that. I think Di Marco as well can perfectly play that role. Or uh, Man City do it with, um, what they did with uh, Zinchenko, uh, okay. Cancelo. Um, what were you about to say there, Alex? 
I was going to say Ake. Um, yeah, Ake now playing, as well, yeah. yeah. Or Kyle Walker, like whichever one that they rotate. Mm-hmm. So I think if you are going to, yeah, if you want to control the midfield, you have like, and uh, uh, Thiago Motta, because I said earlier, my project is based around Thiago Motta. Against Inter, he was playing uh, Cambiazzo. He was playing him as like an inverted uh, fullback against us, which was causing us all sorts of trouble. Um so I, so in my one, I didn't actually buy a left back. I kept Bastoni and Di Marco there. Um, but there are some options, interesting options available, like um, Guerrero from Dortmund. Is yeah, that'd be a good free, a good free yeah. one. Or Grimaldo is also available on a free from uh, Benfica. So there are opportunities. Are you yeah, I like I like Grimaldo, but yeah, it sounded like he like he would be a guy that Juve might be be targeting. But I guess I mean, I don't know. If we were able to out, out, you know, steal something from them, that'd be that'd be massive as well. So, yeah, what's what's the rest? So, if you had him, who was your other center backs then? If you you went well, with, uh... so I went. So I would invest in the 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 center back. I would rather keep. If we're playing a back four, I would rather keep Acerbi as the center back. Um, or okay, in... so he he would actually start. It depends. I've put I've put like slash. So if if yeah, yeah, yeah. so if Bastoni starts the centre back, so it would be Bastoni or Lacroix or Todibo, one of these guys, uh, or Scalvini. Okay. But if 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 we don't get um, if we don't invest in the in the left back, um, then we can keep Bastoni there, or we get Indica for free. So you have uh, almost yeah, so you, you would have a back three anyway. So you'd have Indica as kind of the left centre back. He mm-hmm. could be that inverted centre back or three when you're in possession. And Bastoni, I think he would be amazing in the middle of the three, kind of because um, he's done that role for us before. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'd be a little nervous with Bastoni out wide against some of the uh, speedier players because um, we've seen some problems there, but. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. I'm I'm very curious to see what the Golsons saga ends up being because you are gonna lose some other players um, in the market for basically basically nothing. So, you know, even though he may not be going for as high a value as as we would hope, um, they may have to bite the bullet in that role. So, um, yeah, there there's potential that we change uh, make a change on the left, but. In terms of where we're definitely going to see a change, um, we've got Sharma's screen on here. He's going to be sharing his his formation here in a second. So I see that, yeah. So can you see? Even Mourinho's been playing with the inverted uh, yeah. <laughs> with the inverted fullbacks. Yep. So you can see what I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to. Yeah, I like that. that. So a two three five in formation, so in the in the attack phase, and then it just becomes a four two three one in the in defense. So the right back will be going high high. It's basically based on the Arsenal formation. I'm not gonna lie. It's like Ben White, since he's either the single or Darmian on the right, bombing up, and then you can tuck in the the forward who's gonna be someone left footed. Um, so that's yep. what I'm thinking. Dang, we're gonna we'll, and we'll share this uh, this picture for you guys too on when we post it, so you guys can see what what he's talking about. This is actually really cool. Um, yeah, I'm seeing some names on here that I'm 
very excited to talk about uh, <laughs> if we're able to bring them in. But um, let's take a look at the other half of the field. Um, what a mess. <laughs> what a mess down the right-hand side. Uh, like we said earlier, Bellanova not expected to be redeemed. Um, we do have D'Ambrosio is expected to come back, but he's not going to be in any way, shape, or form someone that we should expect uh, at right you know, fullback or right wing back. Darmian is going to be part of the team. I believe his contract is up in 2020, uh, 2024 actually. Um, but he is going to be part of the team and I'm sure that they'll, they'll be looking to, I think he already, he already extended actually. Uh, Did he already extend? Yeah. So So Darmian will be there. It was to 20, I thought it was to 2025. It was 2024. He extended to. Yeah. I think he only did a one year. That's what I have here, but yeah. Oh, okay. My mistake then. That's all. But he can, you know, he's definitely someone that um, can take over a starting role um, on the right-hand side. But, you know, would like to see some investment on the right-hand side. Dumfries, gotta go. Uh, gotta go. I don't think we're, <laughs> I don't think we're expecting yeah, to. Even, we don't even to talk about him, honestly. Yeah, I don't think we're he expecting the 40 or 50 million. He, changed he did change today. agents. <laughs> yes, Rafaela is out. Um, I don't know if That's there's anything to else. Help, help facilitate a sale. So appreciate you doing that, Dumfries. Best thing you've done for Inter in your tenure, bringing in a new agent to get you out of here. Yeah, changing agents is not usually, uh, you don't usually do it to try to stay at a team. But um, Dumfries is out. We're not going to get the 40 or 50 million that we were expecting. Hopefully a shade over 12, if possible, uh, to recoup some of that some of that investment. Hopefully around if there's a Premier League team out there that's willing to spend 20 million, I would jump on that in a heartbeat. Um, but that do, does leave um, a hole um, on that that in that position. Um, and I I would like that to be a legitimate starter to compete with Darmian as opposed to a really young player that um, has to be bloodled into into Serie A. Um, my pick here has been the same that it's been for months. Wilfried Sengo, I think, offers everything that um, we're looking for in uh, in a right wing back. Hopefully, Torino can do us a solid since they were not able to do so last summer with Bremer. Um, but that's a player that I'm I'm really re- really interested in. There's a lot of names that we've been linked to, but who would you guys want to see brought in on the right hand side? Yeah, I think you guys saw in my formation is a single. I think yeah. yeah I don't think he's ready to here. be a starter for Inter. I think he is. He does need that. Even like even Urich is not fully trusting him because last weirdly last season he was like undisputed starter, but this season he isn't. Um, but yeah, I would be willing to take the gamble with single. He's got so much potential that I see that's still untapped. Yeah, agreed. And, and uh, if we're I mean, I think we both switched to a back four. So having Darmian and playing as a right back for a while, like letting, I'm okay with him starting. A lot of people are like, oh, no, he's too old. We've seen that he could still be a solid starter and still offer, you know, defensive solidity. He can move forward with the ball. And if you allow, if he could take Sengo under his wing and help him grow, I mean, I think that'll just be a massive win across the, the board. So, yeah, I mean, we're all pretty much uh, in agreement there. Also definitely helps that he is familiar with Serie A, right? So, you know, he understands um, how the game is played in Italy, and that's always um, that's always a positive as opposed to bringing in a name that's been linked for the right-hand side, but his his 
position truly is as a winger is a, a name that's that's been linked to us for months now, Tejon Buchanan. Um, do you see him as an option if we do stick with a 3-5-2 and he is that right winger? Or do you believe that Tejon would need to be higher up the field in more of a 4-2-4, 4-2-3-1, 3 kind of situation? I've, I think he'd be able to do both. You know, like, I'm sure he, like... I personally would rather see him up the field because he does offer more, you know, going forward than he does defensively. However, he has been deployed in that position, you know, before with Club Bruges. So it's like, I, I mean, I don't think he's the most solid defensively, but we see what we're getting from from Dumfries. You know, like it's not going to be a downgrade in that regard. And if he could actually offer something going forward, that's more important than not being able to be able to play defensively in that in that situation. Like. He can cross. He can dribble his man. Like these are things that we've been missing in the past. And um, I mean, in my so in my formation, it is a four-three-three. So I have Buchanan as our right winger. Um, but if we let's say we did stay with Inzaghi for whatever reason, um, I could see him playing right wing back, and I, I would be okay with it. So. And you've got the the wild card shout, the Adama Traore free transfer is out there. Putting it out there. Imagine. Can you can yeah. you imagine uh, whoever the assistant coach is just greasing them up before the games? I want yeah, to see Mario Rui versus Adama Traore. Sure. Oh gosh. <laughs> Teo Hernandez versus Adama Traore is, is what I want to say for sure. Yeah, sign me up for that matchup. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right, so lots of changes uh, to our back line. It's very, very clear that this summer, Inter is going to need to invest in center back position given that there's just the volume of players that we're, we're missing um, and also the talent that's leaving. There needs to be an investment there. Um, on the wing backs, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit more solidified, um, but definitely something needs to be done down the right-hand side where we've lacked, um, we've lacked production from an investment that we made not too long ago. Uh, let's head over to our midfield. Um, whether you are playing, you know, a three-man midfield, two men um, in a in a double pivot, it looks like we are going to need to make investment here as well. Given that Gagliardini is not going to be an option anymore, um, you have Hakan, Brozo, Barella, and Aslani, you know, confirmed to be. Uh, to be part of this team as long as uh, we're not looking to sell Brozo, which is definitely an option that we may we may look into moving forward. But even if you keep all those players, you are in need of a, a fifth midfielder uh, to bring in. So in terms of sales, it's I believe Aslani and uh, and Hakan are both going to be here next year. It's a little bit more up in the air with Brozovic, but I do believe is going to be here next year as well. Um, I do think that we'll opt to make a sale in a different position than, um, you know, have 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 to sell Barella, especially because I believe any manager that comes into the club is going to want to make him a, a huge focus of of the project. Uh, if there are sales from our midfield, where do you expect that to come from? Yeah, I would say it would come from from Brozovic personally. Um, I think that it, it you kind of see with the way things are going to in that situation. Um, it's kind of like the writings on the wall there. Uh, 
I was actually throwing it out in the summer and I was getting crucified in spaces saying that I would be okay, you know, Selim uh, Brozovic because, you know, he's he's approaching 30. He's run so much. He's put so many miles on those legs. And obviously, you know, I, we see how Modric is doing and how he's able to continue to go and run and, and produce. And I'm not saying that there wouldn't be production there, but what you were saying earlier, Asandro, about we don't get any return on investment. I think that, you know, before that window shuts on, on being able to get maybe a 25, 30 million, 35 million, whatever it may be, um, that that may be something to, to look into. And we've seen, you know, we're in the, as in the past, we're not having Brozovic in has been such a, a detriment. Um, Hakan was able to fill in very well there. You know, Aslani, although we haven't seen much, what we have seen, I think, has been, you know, positive for the most part. And I think that that's where the, the sale would come from personally. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I've got some some names that I've thought about. So, but what do you think, Sharma? Yeah, yeah, Brozo. Unfortunately, is, he is one of my favorite players in the team. But yeah, uh, it's three guys for one spot at the moment. Unfortunately, it's like we have to. We've invested in Aslani, so it makes sense to keep Aslani as the vice. Hakan Hakan's taken over that position, and uh, unlike Modric, Brozovic smokes shisha. And Marlboro, <laughs> Marlboro Reds a day. So it's, uh, I, don't think, I don't think he's oh, going to have that shit. longevity. I wonder how much of his, because uh, he's also one of the highest earners in the team. I wonder how much of that he's invested in crypto, because Crypto oh. Brozo might be. Yikes might be hurting a little right now he may need to uh so maybe he does need to move to a, a bigger club exactly. for one more final payday exactly crypto brozo is, is probably feeling it he's got the contract till 2026 uh i've you know uh, do, in my research today i've seen that he's making 10 million euros 11 million euros he's he's the one of the highest earners no matter what um and uh yeah, I think, Johnny, you have it exactly correct in terms of where he's headed in his career. Um, there's just so many miles on those legs where it's not that he can't be a productive player anymore. It's that if this squad is in cost-cutting mode and in getting a little bit younger mode, um, Brodzo is a guy that is is definitely a candidate to be sold. Should we talk about Barella at all? Is this even a conversation for you guys? No, I, I no, don't want to see him go, but... Yeah, no, I don't think he's going anywhere, so we could... Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to um, some targets. So, Mikitarian is another one. Sorry, guys. Mikitarian is going to be a part of this team next year. His contract yeah. um, runs out in 2024. He has no sale value. No one's going to be buying him. Um, and he's not going to be... I highly doubt that he'll be renewing at this point in time, but he is a good veteran to have. I mean, this is a guy with plenty of... Champions League and European pedigree and experience, um, and he does offer, you know, he's one of our, our better uh, outside-the-box um, kind of midfielders, so he's also going to be a part of this team. Regardless, that midfield needs a, a little bit of freshening up. So before we talk about targets to bring in, I want to very, very quickly uh, discuss some players that we have currently out on loan that are potential options. It doesn't seem likely given uh, the way Inter handles their youngsters. Um, a guy who's not so young, Stefano Sensi, uh, has a contract that expires in 2024. He'll be back this summer. Um, definitely going to be moved on, in my opinion, but he is an option. 
Lucien Algumet, who's been playing really well for Troyes. Uh, I don't. I hope I said that correctly. Uh, in France this year, um, he hasn't been super consistent, but uh, he's had a good year and definitely increased his value. I could see them moving on. Just the fact that um, his value has gone up, and Giovanni Fabian, who we know is is had a, a stellar season for Regina. Do you guys believe any of those three are realistic options to be integrated back into the first team? I, I would, in my formation, I had Sensi because he's on his final year of his contract. I don't think we're going to make any money out of him. I would just bring him to be the the Gagliardini replacement for, the fi- for his final year and try to get use out of him where we can. Because I feel like Fabian would be wasted as a fifth, sixth midfielder. I was like, what's the point of him having... 200 mm-hmm. minutes if that if you even if he gets that that rather get him developed further somewhere yeah i agree uh with everything there it's you know uh just ride out the the rest of sensi's contract you know it's the way i see it you know we get like what 13 15 games out of Gagliardini. if we get that out of sensi you're gonna get better production anyway so yeah. and he um, might want to fight for a new contract as well yeah he, he might, might yeah he might too he might want to redeem his career at this point. It's been so much time on the sidelines that he might ask Inter for a move just to be able to have an opportunity to play some more minutes because I, I do think it is firmly that if he is part of this team, he is going to be, like you guys said, in that Gagliardini role. It may be a, it may be a situation where we do him a solid and uh, and get him that move. No Agume love? No, um, he's he's him and uh, Fabian are a part of uh, Project FTK, so they they both can, can can you know take their papers and and thank you so much for your your time and uh, we'll we'll look forward to seeing what happens in your career, boys. Well, Agume is uh, the same position as uh, Aslani and Hakan, unfortunately as well. I don't see him playing anywhere else. He is he is like a CDM, um, so he's just got no space. Yeah, and you know Marota loves to make some of his money via selling on the youth, so um, that's that's definitely a possibility. What about names to to come in? It's not like we're linked to midfielders every single day. I feel like the conversation has been mostly center backs and forwards, but um, I know there's one midfielder that Johnny would give his left toe to see, maybe multiple toes to see at this club. Uh, Johnny, why don't you hit us with uh, your midfield targets for next season? Yeah, so I mean, in my formation, it was it was a four three three, and I liked to be able to have you know you can go from a single pivot, a double pivot. I wanted players that could, you know, you you could have so many interchanging pieces, and also because in my perfect inter, we're going to be competitive on all three fronts. So I want to be able to have that that rotation. Um, but obviously, the, the the first name he's a player who is, who's not ready to step into a starting role, but he's to me someone for the future. Um, obviously, it would be Gino Infantino from. Uh, from Rosario Central in, in the Argentinian League. He is a left-footed midfielder. He's got a great foot, great shot from outside the box. He is very technical. He's able to, to dribble past his man. He's got incredible vision. Um, I do th- see like a little bit of times he can be a little bit of a one-man show where he doesn't want to give the ball up. Um, that's something I think will, will come with time, though. And, and once he realizes... I don't know if he thinks, I mean, Rosario Central is not really a good team, so I don't know if it's because he feels he doesn't have talent around him, that he has to do everything, but that's something I would want to see changed in his game if, if he ever were to make the move. Um, obviously, we've never been tied to him, but 
Um, some of the other names I liked were Tiago Almada, who was at Atlanta United. He was a player that Inter were actually interested in before his unfortunate allegations came out in the in the Argentinian league, and, and he kind of just fell by the wayside, and, and, and a lot of teams cooled on him, but he's a guy that, you know, he was the main Argentinian midfielder before the Enzo Fernandez's, before Alcaraz, and I feel like he would be a great attacking midfielder for us, which we also don't have, and he's amazing at free kicks, um, which although I love Hakan, it seems like he just keeps, keeps hitting the, the first guy in the wall every time, so, um, and then... Another name I, I had written down was Lamar. Uh, I'm sorry, Lazar Samarchich from from Udinese. Another left-footed guy who, you know, he's he's. I feel like he, I mean, Sharma said it that he could be a guy that's it's going to be the next big move from Udinese. So we probably would be outbid in that regard. But he's someone I, I enjoy watching and would love to see at this club. And the last name I wrote down was Morton uh, Hulmund, who is at Lecce. He could be a good defensive midfielder. And even though it's kind of crowded there, if you do have that double pivot, you can rotate, you know, Hakan and and Hulman back there. You can have Hakan Aslani, Aslani Hulman. Like, I liked to be able to have players like that. And if you decided to do a single pivot, you could push Hakan back up further up the field with, you know, Barella or whomever else you have there and then just leave Hulman or Aslani back there. So I think the the flexibility would be, would be great. And, and those are... We're not tied to any of them. I haven't seen us even mentioned with any of these players, of course. But that would, I guess, obviously, you know, this is my dream. This is my team that I get to build. So that that's the direction I would want to go to. <laughs> so Johnny seems like he's uh, pushing the youth uh, in the midfield, which would be much uh, much appreciated. Resell value, man. That's all I want. Like I want, like even if they don't work out, I want to be able to get something in return for these players. You know, like. I'm not saying all these kids are going to be home runs. I mean, who knows? Maybe Gino Fiorentino could be the worst midfielder we ever signed, for all I know. You know, like, I mean, but if you have them at, at a young age, you could still get something back as opposed to getting Arturo Vidal and you have to pay him to leave. You know, hey, like, hey, it's... Hey, respect Arturo. Hey. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sharma, what are you uh, doing to Inter's midfield next year? Well, I definitely don't want uh, Pereira from Udinese. That's one that was one link that's <laughs> annoying the hell out of me. This week he's been in the in the headlines. Yeah, because yeah, his agent is uh, Pastorello, I think that's probably why. Yeah, let's let's keep him away from the club then. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we've, we've got Mkhitaryan already for the thirty-plus quota in midfield, so we don't need another one. Um, <laughs> the names I had, so I do see why we're linked with Kessie. But at the same time, I think he's too expensive for what he is, Kessie. I Where, hope so. That you it also feels like that saga has taken a turn from very, very closely linked to now he's come out and said, I want to be here. Barcelona has come out and said, we want him here. So it feels like the that's cooled off a lot. Yeah, I hope so. Because you can find a Kessie type player if you look for one. Because you, you've got, like, we were linked with Yunus Musa, the Valencia boy. Um, especially with how badly Valencia doing, they might even get relegated. And they somehow have got a worse ownership than us, which I didn't know was possible. The worst <laughs> in European football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's some, I know he was quoted around 30, 40 million before, but I'm sh- like, surely there's some leeway, there's some negotiation possible there. Uh, Kefren Taram is another one. Mm, in terms of, that's a great shout. In terms of, yeah, if you want that athletic box-to-box midfielder that can cover for both Hakan and Barella. If we're talking about three midfield, and if we're going with a two 
in the pivot and the one attacking mid, or actually this guy can do both, is uh, Husemawa, who's kind of like needs a bit of a redemption. He would be, you know, a couple of years ago, he was like the up and coming midfielder. Now he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not really sure what's happened to him. I don't follow Leon so closely, but I feel like he's someone at 24 still worth taking um, a gamble on. It's not even a bit big of a gamble. He's a free transfer. Um, and I saw that. I mean, he's apparently close to Real Betis, which is a weird move for me. Um, I think his, he, we need a left-footed centre mid as well. He would add a bit of different angles as well to our midfield. Um, creativity, um, dribbling ability, ball carrying, which is something we've needed for years and years <laughs> in midfield. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the names that um, I'm thinking of. So, yeah, no one above the age of... 24 25 yeah yeah i've got a creative ball carrying midfielder in the schneider mode a little bit um but there's going to be a lot of competition for him but i do think he's a he's a really good player and i do think he'd do well in Serie A. enzo lefe is um hotly hotly wanted in europe um, but he's a terrific player, and Johnny, like you said, he offers another set piece option, which is something he that plays you know for we could. Lorient. Yeah. 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 Um, and I do think he has an expiring contract in twenty four. So Oof. if we can get mm. to him before they start discussing that that contract um, extension, um, that could be a really good option. One name that I didn't hear you guys mention that we've been linked to, and I just have to bring it up because I'm very curious what the reactions are. Nabi Keita, free transfer, any takers? Mm, no, no. He would just no. uh, assist uh, Sensi and Correa in the uh, treatment room. In the treatment yeah. room. If we if we just want vibes in the medical offices, then yeah, I guess he'd be good. Profile but... wise, he probably is the right guy, but he's just yeah. No. Yeah, no, for sure, profile wise, but yeah, just the staying healthy aspect is not something I want. I don't want to have to worry about that anymore. Like, I don't want to, like, even if it is a free to, to bring someone in who you know could just be spending so much time with the, the medical team, it's, it's just not, we're not in a place where we can afford to do that. So, yeah. Speaking of spending time with the medical team, we are now going to move on to our forwards. Uh, so, this discussion is probably going to include inside forwards wingers as well as uh center forwards in terms of our options for next season uh that we can expect to be here lautaro martinez who is a name that i'm sure we'll discuss as uh you know potentially being sold uh we are we have redeemed joaquin correa so he is part of the roster for next year unless we decide to throw him out uh jacko is going to be part of the roster um given that he's going to sign an extension very, very shortly. Uh, Lukaku we got rid of, and that's it. You know, in terms of players out on loan, there's a couple interesting names that I highly doubt we would give a chance to. Martin Satriano, Samuele Mulatieri, you know, Colidio, Esposito, Darian Males, Salcedo. I mean, there's, there's some names out there, but highly, highly doubt they're going to be part of the squad next year so let's start with this question for your projects how many forwards are going to be on the field for you at uh, at the same time uh for me it's going to be three forwards we're gonna have you know i mean it's i guess it's gonna be a four three three so we're gonna have two wingers one star one striker um 
and that's yeah, that's where I'm, where I'm at with that team. So, so which forwards currently on the team are making it into the Johnny Super Team? I'm I'm sure I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this, um, but of course you gotta you gotta pay for for these players. So somebody has to leave. So I'm selling Lautaro to bring in as much money as I can. As much as I love him, I don't think he could be a focal point in a four three three. Or even a four-two-three-one, whatever. I I think that he is suited to be a second striker. So unless you're gonna be switching or playing a four-four-two, whatever, it just doesn't make sense to me. And as much as I love him, and I I think that he is, you know, just a fantastic player. Um, we gotta pay for players somehow. So it's like you can't keep everybody and bring in all these players. We're not we're not Man City. We're not PSG. So unfortunately, he's the guy that I would be sacrificing. Um, Where would you put do. his value out of curiosity? Because I do think it's likely right to get now, a bit of a dip. Yeah, yeah. right now I would say 80, 85 million maybe. You you think 80? Yeah. 80. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I mean, as much as I would, you know, I think if we sold him last summer, we probably could have pushed for 100 maybe, you know, but like now I just think it, it's it's definitely taken a little bit of a dip and, and there are other people who are, you know, performing well around the world and, and some might just think, yeah, I could I can find a cheaper option or, or something else. So um he's the guy that I would I would sacrifice though and um since I would be having two wingers, obviously, you know, Marcus Tehran would be the free one on the left side. I think that he would be just would fit the team so well and I and I've I I don't know. I mean I know a lot of people are kinda turned off by him because he's had a little bit of a slow, you know, post world cup performance and it's but it's like you, you know you, you kind of have to give and you have to take a little bit too you know and and since he is a free it, it's just it, it makes sense in that regard um like we like i said earlier you know tejan buchanan would be my guy for the right side um i mean the guy is just a fantastic dribbler he's good in tight spaces um i can't really say too much about his crossing although like you know you obviously when you see youtube compilations of him um all his crosses look good but the few times I've seen him in the Champions League, he has been able to deliver a good ball, and I feel like that's something we've been lacking. Um, and then, you know, with the selling of Lautaro, you know, all right, so let's say you bring in Tejan for his rumored 30 million. You still got about a 50 million to play with. Uh, I went with what I think is going to be a cheap option, and he won't be the starting striker, but he will be someone that I think would be a good backup. And obviously, we saw him play yesterday for Italy. But Matteo Retegi was a guy I had on my radar before he even got called up to Italy, before he even scored. So, you know, there was rumors that they he was looking to or he was going to be sold by Boca Juniors for like five, seven million. I think now you're maybe looking at 15, 20 million. And then that still gives you 30 million to find another striker to, to be the main guy. Um, you know, there's Correa's guys out not there. that guy for you surprisingly not Joaquin Correa is not that guy uh, as you know as, as good as he is as making the carne asada for the team I just don't really see him doing much more than grilling um, you know there's guys out there that, I, that I've thought about that I think could be that good target man striker who's good at holding up the ball and, and being able to move within the channels to, to get on on the back end of a, of, of a, of a cross and, and the first name that I kind of wrote down I don't know if anyone else is going to, but I, I kind of like the profile of this player. Um, but Alexander Mitrovic was a guy I was thinking about that, you know, he's always been back and forth and, and he, and, you know, going up and down with Fulham and, and he had a little hype around him and he scored so many at Fulham. And I think he's got like 11 or 12 so far this year in the EPL, which 
isn't world beating numbers, but he's also playing on such a mediocre team that like who's really getting the ball to him to kind of take advantage of these opportunities. Um, and I feel like he's a guy that could be had uh, on a cheaper side. And, and again, I'm thinking in, in the constraints of you sold a player for 80, you have, let's say, 80 to reinvest. So I was able to get my right winger in Buchanan, my backup striker in Retegi, and then Mitrovic to kind of be the starter. And then hopefully Mitrovic, you know, you can kind of let him kind of Phase take the number two and then Retegi takes over and that's kind of where I was at in terms of forwards. So I'd love to hear what, what you guys kind of came up with though. Sharma, Correa and Lautaro in your team? <laughs> Lautaro is, Lautaro is. Okay. Correa is, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we had to, we had to let him go. Um, <laughs> we had to pay him to leave. <laughs> yeah, what do you think, what do you guys think is going to happen there? You think he's, he's on a loan elsewhere to recoup his value and, you know, or do yeah, you think we'll we're going to have to loan 10, him until, until the end of his contract is going to be one of those situations where no one's they might loan it with an option but no one's taking the option (laughs) yeah yeah, so i've kept lautaro and i would still bring in turam because he's he can play both left and middle so he can be vice lautaro and the left winger um so that his you know that adaptability just is helpful to have in the team um and then I've put, I'm not sure why no one's linked with this guy. He's a free transfer in the summer. Uh, Moussa Dembele, the Leon striker. Um, I don't know mm. why no one's Former Celtic. Him. Yeah, Celtic. Yeah. Um, Atletico for a little bit. Um, so, yeah, like the season before, he's, he's scored 21 goals. In, uh, like I don't know why he's just kind of fallen off the radar. If there's something I didn't read about his injury history or something off the pitch. Um, but he's definitely someone I would wouldn't mind having as a backup um, on a free. Um, and then, uh, did we do wingers as well? Did you do your wingers, Johnny? Yeah, I did, my, I did my wingers. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see. Yeah. So, so, if we do go 4 2 3 1, um, so I would like a left footed player on the right hand side because I feel like you need that um, guy to be able to cut inside. So, you give Singo or Darmian the freedom on the right to overlap. Um, so the two names I've gone for are Ludovic Blas from Nantes. Mm. A kind of he's on an expiring contract next year, so he's got one year. Did uh, he score I, against Juve too? Yeah, he scored against Juve. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he's yeah. I've looked up his stats. He's got good dribbling numbers. Like he reminds me of Loriente, the Sassuolo guy, but left-footed version. Uh, and he's 24, 25, so he's kind of ready to make that step, I think. Um, and then the other guy was. Uh, Actually, Gianni reminded me of him last week when he tagged me. It's a Chukweze from Villarreal, um, left-footed uh, Nigerian, pace, direct, uh, final product. Um, so yeah, I think I mean, he killed he killed Man U last year in the Champions League too. He d- he killed yeah. a lot of teams in the Champions yeah. League last year. Yeah. He was a beast. Yeah. So in my in my team, like the only real two positions where they need to invest this summer are the right centre back and this left winger. Because um, the other ones would be mostly free transfers and single or the right back. So I think I've gone for quite a realistic um, option in totality. Um, obviously, it depends how expensive Blas or Chukweze would be. If it has to be a free transfer, then there's still Adama Traore. <laughs> he's, always the, he's always the wild card in yeah. my team. I, would, I think Chukweze would be a little bit more expensive. Um, 
I think Blas, I think, I mean, again, I don't really know too much, but I think, like, you could probably get him, well, cheaper is what I mean, not, like, that too cheap, but, like, cheaper than Chukwueze personally, but. Yeah, Transformog says 15 million uh, value, and he's got one year left on his contract, so. So they'll probably ask for 20. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping nah, Lautaro, good... too. Yeah. I'm going to keep Lautaro. Correa is gone. Um, yeah, I'm hoping <clears> nobody listens to this because I'm sure I'll get heat for saying I would sell Lautaro to replace him. Oh, with no, we're using that like as the clip for the, for the episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm keeping Lautaro because I do believe that with the right manager, he's still young and, I and you know, he loves this club. I think that's pretty evident. Um and I do think that, you know, he has captain potential. I just... But do you think, like, do you guys think he could actually score 25 in the league? I'm not just saying across, like, actually score 25 in the league as, a, as an out-and-out, out, like, main man. But if we have Turam and, like, another good winger on the other side, he doesn't necessarily have to put up 25. Then the goals can be spread out a little bit more. I guess so, yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come, come at keeping him from the position of I don't think that we're selling him at the height of his value essentially I do think that it's easy enough to if he's linked up with the right manager to get a 20 goal season and then be sold for a much higher number um, than what he is right now even though it'll be another year he's still young enough where he can you know make an impact Um, he hasn't really grown into who he is as a striker yet so I'm keeping Lautaro I'm signing Turam Loriente is a dream um, option because I just think that that kid's got, uh, you know, the the he should be attached to the rocket to start him. Um, I think he's I think he's better than Leao right now. I would take him over Leao. Um, I think I like he's just he just a, goes. I, th- I feel like he just falls in and out of games too much. Like you, like he can be unnoticed for. 20 30 40 minutes but then yeah he'll have a moment of brilliance like so yeah i guess that's all it really takes that's, but that's the inter way isn't it <laughs> that's half of our team is falling in and out of games yeah, but i don't um, need that anymore <laughs> <laughs> so i think that um <clears throat> he would be a really great option uh Rategi is another one that i'm i'm very interested in but i don't think that will make um now that he scored his first goal for italy i, I do think that his price is going to go up quite a bit <clears throat> there's a lot of other interesting names um but one i want to get your guys's opinion on a guy that is supposedly a favorite of marotas and that's kamaka down season at west ham um they need to recoup their investment somehow they need to redeem him do you think that he would be a good fit was he overhyped um you know with the move to england and that's the reason why it didn't work out, or do you think there's other factors at play there? I think, I think in, like when you go ahead, go ahead, Sean. No, I think I think it was just the wrong move. I don't think it was overhyped. Yeah. I think it was just a bad move. She um, shouldn't have gone to West Ham with David Moyes. Um, even PSG would have been a bad move. I mean, this, it's so weird that the two teams for in for him were PSG. You got PSG and then you got West Ham. Um, even that would have been a bad move, I think, but. Yeah, I, I have faith in him. I still think he's the guy in a really bad time for Italy up front, as we've seen. <laughs> uh, I think he is he's the guy long term that will lead the line for Italy. Um, but he doesn't he's not the fine finished product still even though he's like what, twenty three, twenty four now. Um yeah. but I think there is that X factor in him, then I would take the gamble 
on him. Um, yeah, I would if if he's available on the loan for sure. I would go for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, and with everything Sharma said, especially like the move was just it didn't make sense, especially with Moyes. I mean, sure the money's great, but like it just I <laughs> I, I didn't see him being a fit for that team, and I I can't even think of a team that was even looking for forwards really last year that would have been a good fit for him. You know, maybe. Maybe a team like uh, like Bayern would have been good since, you know, they lost Lewandowski and they didn't really have an out-and-out striker. You know, maybe. I don't know if that really would have been the right move for him because that would have been obviously coming with immense pressure. But just thinking of what was open off the top of my head too, um, aside from Inter, you know. But, yeah, if we were able to get him on a loan um, with an option or something, that's definitely a gamble I would take for sure. Um, I feel like he does have a lot to offer. And I think that... Him and, you know, the way him and Raspadori played at Sassuolo, if you, let's say you go ahead and keep Lautaro. And honestly, in that case, then I would be okay keeping Lautaro. If you're not spending money actually on a forward and you can get Taram on a free and then you get, you know, and you bring in Skamaka on a loan and then you have Lautaro and Skamaka leading the line, that would actually be, you know, they would, I think they would complement each other very well. Yeah. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be all for that. What about, uh, so obviously Skamaka also kills it at San Siro. He seems to have something about playing there where, you know, he, he brings his best performances. When he plays Milan, let's just, rem- let's, let's, let's put a little asterisk <laughs> on that. When he plays Milan. He's had some good days at the Giuseppe Meazza, and that may be something that he's interested in doing again. Um, two more names that I want to talk about. One would require a significant outlay at this point, um, but I really, really like him. It's... Hoyland uh, from Atalanta is just on fire and he seems to be um, a player who is going to be around for a very long time Um, sort of a complete striker Uh, and then the other one is a free transfer that we've been linked to I don't think this happens but for the fun of it let's talk about it Bobby Firmino is he going to be throwing on the black and blue you know I'm actually mad I forgot about him to be honest because when I was talking, I mean, I've talked about it with, with Tony and we've tweeted about it. I, I would like Firmino, I think. And again, this, but see, I think because I switched formations and I switched managers, I, I threw him out because if it's him and Lautaro up front for Inzaghi, or let's say Juric, for example, if you know you go to a, another three-man defense who's going to have two forwards, then it makes sense. But let, let's say Inzaghi stays. Firmino is such a creative player, and even though he's a little bit older, he's not like past past his prime yet no he's he you know, 32 he's still got a little bit to offer he's a very smart player he's very good at, 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 at playing the ball off to to whoever else is up front with him so i think that his creativity is something we really missed at at, at the suncito for for quite some time and I, and I would love you know him to if we let's say we're operating with no budget and it's only freeze you bring in firmino you bring in Taram to be up front with uh, with Lautaro. I mean that that's awesome. Or let's say you sub in Skamaka for one of the two. You don't get you know Firmino. You don't get Taram. Whatever. I mean I'm okay with that being your main three and Jekyll being the fourth striker. Like that to me is a, is a pretty solid um, forward line. Uh, in terms of Hoyland, I mean he's still t- he's very young and, and I'm worried about the Atalanta tax. You know I just feel like when we ever seem to buy someone from Atalanta, it doesn't work out. And I need to see a little bit more from him. You know, like a lot of times where he has had clean breaks on goal, his finishing isn't clinical. Like I want him, you got to bury those opportunities. And although he's only, what, 19, 
So he's, he's still got a lot of growing to do, but I, I don't think, one, the price would be right. Like, if we're going to spend that kind of money, I'd rather spend it on Retegi personally. And two, I just, I feel like whenever we buy somebody from Atalanta, it just blows up in our face. So I would I would steer clear just because out of, out of nerves. Yeah, I've spoken to uh, a Liverpool fan. Um, he runs the Premier League panel account on Twitter. I don't know if you guys know, it's quite big. But yeah, he said Firmino's done physically oh really okay he says like yeah he, he says Klopp's so welcome to Europe's uh, retirement home enjoy, <laughs> <He's>, uh, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> similarly to Keita he said like the, the probably Klopp's playing style and the pressing and the high intensities like just finished him because mm, he just okay. can't stay fit anymore he got brozod yeah all those minutes on the legs well then in that case just give me Skamaka and Taram then and we could forget about Firmino. I'll just edit that out. <laughs> well, I mean, he could be wrong, but that's what I that's the information. But I, no, I mean, he probably watches the Prem more. I mean, he definitely watches the Prem more than I yeah. do, so. All right. So, looks like we need multiple forwards, uh, a midfielder, multiple center backs, a backup goalkeeper, a right back. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like we need a revolution. Um, what we need is I, 150 million in yeah. the summer to be able to spend is what we need hey man i, I try i think mine was pretty realistic i think it's yours was the most realistic i think mine involved a lot of selling like i was i was gonna sell Gozens, dumfries brozovic uh bastoni and lautaro and just starting over completely so yeah, yours is clean slate <laughs> mine's like it's a whole the new clean team slate protocol much. barella's the only italian left at yeah. that point so. it's johnny's going to full full mission impossible but i'm going back to trouble winning <laughs> yeah i'm just going back to the trouble winning team where you only had one italian that's all you needed so you just need one davide santon in there oh no <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i hope that for everyone listening um the understanding that we are at the end of a cycle here uh you know Players that we considered to be the young ones that were still stepping up in their career, those players are now Lautaro and Barella. And while you may not call them veterans, they're established to European football players now. Um, it's time for them to step up. We don't have youngsters that are, are ready to be, and even Bastoni, you know, it's time for him to step up and you're, you're not a youngster anymore. Um, you know, you're, you're an established player. We have a lot of older players in the team. We have the highest average age in Serie A. So this is the end of a cycle this summer. Um, things are going to be changing, and we're going to see a lot of different names in the team sheet, hopefully a different manager, hopefully a different formation, hopefully a little bit of excitement injected into uh, this club. I'm most excited for, I think, a change in formation, honestly. I can't watch the 3-5-2 anymore. Uh, but regardless, definitely let us know your thoughts on some of these guys that we're looking to bring in and, and get rid of. Um, and I think that, you know, no matter what option we go with, uh, we're going to be seeing some change. So to end this episode, we're going to be doing a rapid fire five pack here. Um, some suiting related, a lot of transfer window related stuff here. Uh, but we'll start with your favorite signing of the Suning era, Johnny. Who is it? Uh, it's Nicolo Barella. That's that's my boy. Always gonna back him up, even if I follow him blindly. I'm always gonna. I mean, I love that signing. He was he was he was perfect in my opinion. For me, it's uh, more for the, just the impact of the day where we signed because I still remember being at work and when. 
I saw the tweet come out that Inter have signed Ashraf Hakimi. It just came. It just came out of nowhere. I was like, "What? We wouldn't even link with this guy." I was like, well, when, "How did this happen?" Um, and it felt like you know how you just never bias. We never buy certain type of players that like you you like them, but you just know Inter like it's hard to <laughs> yeah. explain. But you just like Inter are not gonna go for this type of guy. When they actually, yeah, we had him wrapped up in one day, and I was like, "Wow." Yeah, it was really nice, and it was no stress. It literally was just like the easiest. Yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hakimi, too, just in terms of, like, not, you know, obviously he's not here anymore, but uh, my favorite signing because it didn't feel like this was the move that he was going to make, right? It's like he, he was, you know, I, arguably I on to bigger things. Um, I thought he was going to go back to Real after what yeah. he was doing with Dortmund. I was like, Carvajal's getting old. Like, they got a, they already got a, their ready-made uh, replacement, but... Yeah, that, it was an eye-opener when he made the, the decision to come over here. What about your uh, least favorite signing of the Sooning era? I'm going to go with a pretty easy one, Joaquin Correa. Just the amount of money that's been outlaid to the level of production that we've received is quite shocking. Um, never really felt like he, he had a, a, a feel or a fit in this team. Um, you know, his assist for Lautaro <clears throat> against Milan is probably all I'll ever remember as Inter tenure for. Johnny, you go first. So, I mean, I wrote down two names, but I'm going to go with this. Obviously, everybody knows how I feel about Dumfries, so he's up there. He's, a, he's 1B right now. 1A, it's because of how much this player costs. And his production was worse than Joaquin Correa's. It's Joao Mario. 45 million euros spent on a guy who comes in and he literally offers nothing. I, I mean, I didn't like him at the Euros and then to spend that much money on him, I just was like, what are we doing? Um, yeah, it was a very... Uh, we just got hoodwinked by the by his agent, really, or Kia. Like, Kia just comes in and, and he just says, like, I'm bringing you two players. You have to buy them, essentially. And, and Suning just did it. Um, yeah, I would just draw Mario upset, and we got nothing back for him. Nothing. And now That's he's the lead. He's the leading. And now he's and now he's killing <laughs> it for Benfica. And I know he's gonna come and kill us in the Champions League. And that's exactly how it's gonna end up. And we're gonna look. You know, he's probably just gonna celebrate in our faces. But anyway, I yeah. do respect that he also shit on Juventus in the Champions League this year too. <laughs> I'll take that all day for sure. Yeah, I hate the revisionism on him recently. Yeah, from Inter fans, like, oh, this guy we could have used. What could have been? I'm like, yeah, no. First of all, it's like five years later. It's like you can't say <laughs> like five years later. <laughs> but um, yeah, Jean Mario was up there for me. But I'm gonna go for um, for Dalbert. Um, oh, he's, he's just like diabolical. He's just, <laughs> yeah, he's he's he's, well, he's what Dumfries is to you, Johnny. Like he just causes anger Fair. within me like foaming and it's mainly because of that Empoli game uh, the one oh, God, that yeah. we qualified to the Champions League like it just literally I, I get heart palpitations from thinking about his cameo <laughs> yeah he does remind me of Dumfries a lot actually just in the way of how how clueless a professional footballer can look on the field sometimes but uh, those are our favorite and least favorite signings. Uh, the most stressful transfer window you can remember. I'll start. I mean, any a Scudetto winning team that loses its coach 
its top scorer and arguably its player with the most potential uh, is quite a teardown to experience in in one summer, uh, especially when you look at the signings that were made, um, like Jekyll coming in to replace, you know, Lukaku and um, Dumfries coming in. I mean, that was just a summer... Uh, for the ages, and I re- specifically remember telling my dad at the start of the summer, there's no chance we're selling Lukaku. There's no chance we're selling Lukaku. Did you see w- what he just did this year? And uh, silly me, silly me. Yeah. No, yeah, that summer of, like, Conte leaving, Oriali, Pintus leaving, Lukaku, Hakimi, like, yeah, that was crazy. That was just, you just know what's going to happen. Is like, someone going to leave tomorrow? Like, it's so <laughs> stressful. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, that was a bad one, uh, but for me, and maybe it's because I was in, uh, heavily involved in Twitter spaces, but last summer was a nightmare for me. Um, one minute I'm happy, one minute I'm trolling Spurs fans that they're not getting Bastoni, they're not getting Skriniar, then the next minute I'm having to deal with Skriniar is going to, to PSG, uh, he's not going, all this stuff, back and forth. I, we had, I was celebrating Brember and Dybala were locked up. We got neither. Um, you know, thank goodness my old account got banned because of a joke I made about Acerbi because I didn't want him to come. But uh, people would have had some good, you know, stuff to quote tweet me on my confidence with Dybala and Bremer had that account still been around. And it, yeah, it was just a mess from start to finish. We ended up, I mean, I, what, the best player we ended up with was Aslani, and we didn't really, really get to, we don't really get to enjoy him. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, last summer was not fun, so. All right, who uh, is the biggest missed opportunity signing for Inter? So to clarify, this is a player that we were linked to, arguably even close to, that never ended up coming. Um, that turned out to be a heartbreaker that we didn't get him. Sharma, I want you to go first because I don't want to say mine. I, I want to save it for. De- I, I want to go last. Um, I'm always torn about the possibility of if Conte stayed and having Rodrigo de Paul, because I feel like that would have been great, yeah. the the match made in heaven. Yeah, um, but I think the Conte staying and there was a massive if as well. So I'm gonna say, just what like the recent ones. And I mean, they came out today, uh, not the Julian one, the other one, Enzo, because Zanetti said a few months ago that we were in for both Enzo Fernandez and Julian. But I feel like Enzo is a bigger missed opportunity, just because of like again he's a profile that we need in this team, and what he did just a few months later. Um, yeah. I was I was so mad like you could just it was so obvious with Enzo like even even though I only watch comps and I make fun of people who only watch comps but he's like how else are you gonna make a judgment on the player so the, you could just see from the comps this guy was ready for Europe um, and yeah so I think that was a massive missed opportunity that annoys me to this day. Well, that just go, that just go last? that just ruined it not not anymore because that was gonna be my pick. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. But I mean, yeah, between him, uh, you can go Julian. For Julian. I know you. Like no, him. no. I, honestly, I, I'll, I'll go. You know, I'll go with uh, Alcaraz. Uh, I was so excited for this guy too. I thought this was gonna be done for eight to twelve million, uh, and then 
nothing happens. We don't get it wrapped up in January, and he ends up going to Southampton. I'm I'm rooting so hard for a Southampton relegation just so <laughs> I can hope we can get Alcaraz. But um, yeah, I, yeah, Enzo is the, the obvious choice, and not even just because of what he's doing too. But like, even if if we got him around the same time or at the same, you know, before. Uh, Benfica did just the resale value for us would have been massive, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to if we were able to swindle Chelsea for 120 million. I mean, just think about it like we'd be able to not have to worry about anything going into the summer at the very least, you know, and, and I'd probably have some money to even throw around into transfers. So that's just a huge, massive miss. Um, fi- even just strictly financially speaking, but I mean, obviously the player himself is, yeah, like, like Sharma said, so ready for Europe that I think he would have cooked it. He could have been, you know, like another, like the, uh, a Rodrigo DePaul for us too, you yeah. know, so. I'm, uh, this is not the hipster pick. I can't tell you how fast I would have bought my Dybala jersey. I can't tell you how fast I would have been wearing that jersey. We would have been top of the league with him. I mean, he's such a... You know, just to have another like Argentinian uh, with flair at Inter would have been so nice. And I really do think that he would have complemented this team so perfectly, especially because, you know, we kind of need a forward that would drop back a little bit and and play in between the lines. Um, And I think we could have done big things with him. And I'm sure Inzaghi would would also say the same. Um, Like finish finish second by 11 points instead of 20 or something. (laughs) Yeah, I prefer it. <laughs> a few less miserable podcast episodes. Um, yeah. No, no sexy pick there. I'm going with Dybala. That's uh, a all pick, right. Though. All right. It's time for the Inter Legends edition of Start, Bench, Sell. All of these players have a big place in our hearts. This is no disrespect whatsoever, but you see all those Start, Bench, Sells on, uh, on Twitter um, we have to do it for the Inter Legends. Okay. I hated this one, by the way. This was I. I was very mad that I had to do this. So. Uh, the legends that are up for start bench cell: Adriano, Ronaldo, and Milito. I'll, you want me to kick us off? Yeah, go ahead. Go first. Starting the most dominant player on his day, Adriano. Whoa! One of the best. To ever step on the pitch, this guy was just an absolute force. Too bad, you know, we couldn't see the the full career, um, you know, that ultimately he could have had. But for me, he's uh, the starter every time. Sell? I'm selling Ronaldo. I am. I think he would recoup the most value for my squad. Uh, and I would love to have a bumber like Milito come off the bench and give me a nice... Uh, 22-23 goal season. So that's my start bench sell. Starting Adriano, selling Damn. Ronaldo, benching Milito. I hope Nazaro doesn't listen to this because he's going to come for you. <laughs> All right, Sharma, you go. So I'm starting Milito. Wow. What? Because he's, he's the proven, he's proven it in a Dang. Champions League final. Wow. Or something that the other two, well, actually, that's Ronaldo true. He... in the UEFA Cup final. But Milito turned up in the final game of the Serie A, final Coppa Italia game, final of the Champions League. What more do you want? We're talking about one game. Who are you starting? I'm starting peak Diego Milito because I know he's going to deliver for me. Um, Ronaldo's my all-time favorite player, so there's no you know, disrespect going on here. 
but I'm going for El Principe starting and then I am benching Adriano because uh, I want you know the impact off the bench that Adriano will be able to provide and similar to what Alessandro says Ronaldo this guy betrayed us he betrayed us he went to Real Madrid you know he got his bag and then he went to AC Milan afterwards and That's, then Juve yeah. came calling this guy would have gone to Juve <laughs> I'm 100% sure this guy has a has no loyalty so he can be sold and recoup us plenty of money so shout out Alessandro so yeah, Alessandro, we, we pretty much had the same exact one though. Uh, I did end up selling Ronaldo too uh, for <laughs> the same. <laughs> I mean, I had listen, I had to, you know, I was going last. Um, but yeah, I ended up selling Ronaldo for the same reasons and in the betrayal. Uh, you know, it's it is what it is, and I started Adriano just because when I first really start. I mean, I w I've been I was watching with my father forever. Um, you know, seeing the Bertis and, and, and the Branca games and stuff. and um, But then it was I didn't really fall in love with Inter till I saw Adriano play. And that guy gives me nothing but amazing memories and, and nothing but what-ifs, too. Because I feel like had he not... Had he not gotten, you know, the unfor you know fortunately losing his father, I feel like he could have gone on to have been one of the all-time greats and i still think he is considered amongst them for for some of his peak years but we i think he was just scratching the surface of what he really could have been and you know start benching uh benching milito for because i mean yeah the guy won the treble you know he was i remember when we signed him i wasn't excited like i mean i Same. saw him at genoa and i was like oh, okay whatever like he's gonna back up <laughs> initially i thought he was just gonna back up zlatan and then we had the massive, you know, swap for Eto, and I was like, "Holy cow, what a move!" But um, and he he exceeded everything I expected too. I remember the first game against Milan. I think that's how he opened the season. Really, was that four nil win, and he got lines up to take the penalty. I'm like, "Why is he taking it over Eto?" I was so mad. I was like, "What? Well, I don't even." And then he just buries it right down the middle. But like, my goodness, he was so confident. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, much more than ever I anticipated and and the guy scored every winning goal for us in every key tournament so or really competition that we were we were in so yeah I feel like he deserving of the bench and that's uh that's my trio all of the Interisi tonight go home <clears throat> you want to put a smile on your face just watching Adriano highlight compilation man it's just a terrifying force of nature that honestly like we I haven't really seen anything like him since um, just that combination of power and the most devastating left foot that you'll ever see. But how did we have him, Vieri, Cruz, Crespo? Like, Recoba. my gosh, Recoba. Like, we've had. Oh my god, Man, we've had always the best had. Left foot. Like all the, if you collected all the best left foot at football at the time, we had all of them. <laughs> yeah, the 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 forwards that Inter's have had over the years. It's just really really remarkable um even you know he wasn't the best for us but just to have Zlatan it was was you know on the team like he's he's gonna go down in the history books um and he did some amazing things with there too so yeah that's uh hopefully no one's mad at us Boba Vieti if you're watching you'll be on the next you'll be on the next one I promise we'll find you a spot <laughs> um all right guys that was really fun obviously the club's got a lot of work to do um, and who knows? Maybe we get bought 
and maybe all this goes out the window and uh, we can sign whoever the hell we want, right? You can Hashtag dream. Make, make Inter great again, you know? Make Inter great again, exactly. Uh, we can dream. Uh, we have to give a huge shout out, uh, Sharma. Thank you so much for jumping on. Yeah, man, um, appreciate you're it. You're the man. That, that was awesome. Really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. No, thank you for having me on. It was really fun. It was really interesting. And shout out to everyone that made it to the end. That was a that was a long one. Yeah, if you stuck to the end, man, this is the longest one we've done. So I appreciate you writing it out. Um, yeah. Yeah. This message, pod lasted. Message uh, the interviews on Twitter. If you made it to the end, tweet tweet at them and say you made. Yeah, it Yeah. Let the us end. know. <laughs> Listen, watch it on on two times speed. It'll be fine. You'll get through it. Um, this podcast lasted as long as the international break. Uh, we're going to be ready for <laughs> Inter to come back soon. Thank you guys for jumping on. Uh, really appreciate it. And in the words... Real quick, real quick, before, yeah, yeah, before yeah. you do that, uh, I am, you, I'm going to be including in the episode two a link to Uncle Sharma's channel on YouTube. Be sure to follow it. Like his videos. Subscribe. He puts out amazing content week in, week out for the team. So... Yeah, if you do watch his videos, also give him a thumbs up on that. And uh, yeah, thank you. That's it, man. Thank you for the spiel. Of course, of course. Plug your plug your stuff. That's that's what you get for coming on the interviews pod. Um, all right, guys. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi.